Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hair Full of Secrets podcast. I'm so excited to have you joining me today as we explore again the various impacts that the beauty industry has on our mental health and wellness. Since this is the very first episode, I decided that it might be good to start out just doing a quick introduction. Who am I, your host? How did we get here? And where are we going? So my name is Paige Klibanoff. I am a hairstylist in the Denver, Colorado area. I am an extension specialist that also specializes in blonding and precision cutting. I've been in the hair industry for over five years now. I've worked in a variety of salons with a whole bunch of different structures, some that have worked for me, some that have not, but have ultimately ended up where I am today, which is working my own business from the comfort of my own home and will be soon renting a booth at Soko Salon, which is where you'll be able to find me in the next couple of years. I will be opening up my own salon where people will be able to come and enjoy my services there. So a little bit about me. I grew up in upstate New York where I lived until I went to college in 2010. I started in Colorado at Colorado College studying biochemistry and mathematics. Quickly realized that as much as I love math and science, that wasn't going to be the path for me every single day of life. Pre-med just wasn't the right track. And I thought I wanted to do the Broadway life. So I transferred and got my bachelor's in dance from Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania in 2015 and realized after pursuing that, that it wasn't the right fit for me either. Moved back to my hometown in Rochester, New York, where I like to tell people I was a drunk waitress for a long time. There are some people that can really succeed and thrive in the restaurant industry. And I made a lot of fantastic friends and it was a good fit for me for a long time but wasn't helping me get to the places that I wanted to eventually get to in life. So I enrolled in hair school where I quickly fell in love with the many different aspects that go into hairdressing. It involves creativity, artistry. It involves scientific thinking, problem solving. You get to interact with people and it gets to be a new project every single day. So I really was looking for more variety and to use more parts of my brain at that time. And it just offered all of that. I was lucky enough to have some really fantastic mentors when I was in hair school. I credit a lot of my success in this space to my original mentor, Peter Webb, and then his son's Jonathan and Simon Webb, who I, my first salon job was at the W Salon with them in upstate New York, where I apprenticed under Jonathan. And I learned so much before I moved out to Colorado that I still use to this day. So if they ever listen to this, Jonathan, Simon, thank you so much. Peter as well. Everything you've done for me, it was a pleasure. When I moved out to Colorado, I wasn't, um, confident enough yet in my skills to just join a salon as a floor stylist. Uh, In other words, somebody that's not an apprentice. I knew that I had enough experience to do most things, but I wasn't sure that I know how to do enough on my own without having to ask all the time. So I did another apprenticeship and I worked at a salon that specialized in extensions, which is where I learned what I use mostly today for many of my clients, which are my extension application skills. 
And I've worked at a couple salons in the Denver area since then. It didn't feel like the right fit for me. And after the shutdown in 2018, I decided to focus on something other than hair as we didn't have the opportunity to practice. Thought maybe I would be leaving this space because I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. I didn't realize at the time that the salon environment was really not for me and that I had not figured out what I'm passionate about in this industry yet. I just knew I was good at it and I enjoyed it enough. So during the shutdown, I worked. I started a couple of companies with some colleagues of mine. I learned a lot through that process. Um, I no longer am involved in those businesses due to the fact that I'm putting all of my energies into this project now. But it was a pretty amazing experience stepping from something so creative into the business world. I was fortunate enough to be asked to join a panel discussion around mental health. And I, and my colleague that invited me, I was confused as to why I was being invited. And I was told that they were looking to have a perspective on the impacts of the beauty industry on the mental health and wellness of people. I was flattered, but also listening to the stories of all these amazing doctors and scientists and businessmen and women alike who are making this big impact already in these spaces that have started nonprofit organizations that are running charities that have experienced loss in ways that I have never had to experience yet for myself. And I had this major imposter syndrome sitting on that call. But the more I listened and the more I heard stories, the more I realized how similar a lot of the things people were experiencing in the health space are to what we experience in the beauty space. And it got me thinking, why can't I do something more? Why can't I fight for something that I really care about in my own personal life. During the shutdown, I've taken a lot of time to work on my mental health, to work on my self-care routines, to figure out a lot about who I am and slow down and figure out what I want. So why can't I be a person in this space that brings attention to this topic? And the answer is that there's no reason that it can't be me. So I started to think about what kinds of changes I would like to see what does mental health and wellness look like to me in my day-to-day? What does that mean in the beauty space? How do we take something that can be stereotyped as superficial and make it the opposite of that, that allows us to flourish and create that inner beauty that we all have, that we all crave to cultivate, whether we realize it or not? So I have my own five-year plan on what that looks like for me and my business. I'm excited for this journey that we're going to take together. The first step in my plan is just starting a conversation, which is how this podcast came to be. My goal is to start the conversation about mental health practices in the beauty space. I spoke to a variety of practitioners while working on this project, and this is just the first season, not only hairstylists, because I think that it's important 
to acknowledge that hair isn't the only facet of beauty, even though it is the one that I am the most immersed in. Um, not everybody focuses on that when they think about their beauty routines. Hair isn't everybody's priority. Some people it's lashes for some people. It is injections for some people. It is their makeup routine and they could have the dirtiest, most grown out balayage ever. But as long as their face is on, they feel fabulous. And I wanted to kind of give an ode to all of the various beauty practices that people think of when they think of just changing the way that we look on a daily basis and discuss with the people that do that work, how they are impacted, how they take care of themselves, how we deal with situations when we have clients that are struggling to take care of themselves and just see what things people have to say. I was really struck in my research for this podcast how large of a role hair and beauty have in society over the years and the religious and spiritual significance that it brings with it. Throughout time, women have been known to cover their hair in both Christian, Jewish, and ancient Hindu traditions, but now we often see that among Islamic women who choose to wear their hijab which allows them to retain their modesty, morals, and freedom of choice. In Native American tradition, the hair is looked upon as a almost antenna to the world that is constantly taking in and giving out information. It carries a lot of energy. 1 Corinthians 11.15 in the Bible states, But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. The ancient Egyptians used henna to cover their grays. We still use henna in some hair colors today. However, most practitioners would not recommend using a henna-based color, especially if you like to change your hair color because it does not come out very easily. But I believe that was when we first started coloring hair. Um, the first signs of that were in the ancient Egyptian civilizations. Hair has always had a huge role in society in the 16th and 17th centuries in Europe, hair color was often used as a identifier for what class you were a part of. Blonde colors being associated with the more wealthy and powerful, whereas dark brown and black hair colors were associated with the more poor classes. In fact, hair as we know it and see it today, where we have wearable hairstyles that we can change and haircuts that we like to wear, on a daily basis didn't really come about into being popular until the mid 1900s with Vidal Sassoon and the invention of geometric haircuts that could be washed and worn daily, which has helped attribute a sense of individuality in style and fashion and in the beauty space. I hope that by starting these conversations around the role of hair in beauty, around beauty in our mental health, in our well being, how we even approach being in this career that has such a huge impact on so many people. We can start to identify things that need to change for society to be healthier and happier as a whole. I can't wait for you to stay tuned and hear these conversations. So without further ado, thank you so much. And this is the Hair Full of Secrets podcast. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Thanks for joining.